0: Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading, you're with us here at the Clock End Talk, it's international break and I hope you're enjoying the international games. Um, This podcast is brought to you by Football Culture, you can find them at football-culture.com, also we've got a 10% discount for Clock End Talk followers, which is Football Culture Sale. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a different podcast this week because of the international break. We've decided to actually talk about the Premier League teams um, and who who needs what and where and where they'll be at the end of January and what transfers um, we may Fine. So we'll, we'll kick it off with Manchester City and we'll go straight to Tony, um, who's with us. How are you, Tony? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. That's all right. So um, I'd better introduce the other boys too. We've got uh, Carl, Schwinn and Savvy. How are you, lads? Yeah,
1: yeah, good. Doing great. Doing great.
0: That's all right. So, um, yeah, international break. So we've got a lot more, lot of Arsenal news. So we'll get into Manchester City... Tony, what's your thoughts there, mate? And here, do they need anybody in January or just sail along as they have been?
2: Uh, I've said since the start of the season they're going to win the league by 10 points. I've changed my view on that. It'll be 15 at least, I think. They're just so much better than everyone else. They've got everything. They've got strength and depth. They're, they're maybe slightly weak at the back, but, I mean, they're missing company at the moment, but they're maybe slightly weak at the back, but they'll still outscore teams. Um I do think they'll get beat. I don't I mean people are talking about an invincible season. I do think they'll get beat just because of the rigours of playing Champions League. Um and they, they're likely to go far in cup competitions. They're obviously in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. Um they're through the champion in their Champions League group. So they're gonna be competing on four fronts. So I think uh they will get beaten, but I think they'll win the league comfortably. They'll any anyone they try and sign will potentially be just to maybe keep a cheaper price than they would get them for in the summer or to stop, maybe it might be more expensive, but to stop other teams getting, in, getting them in the summer um, I don't think they'll get Sanchez in January, but it'll be that type of thing where they could sign, like that sort of scenario where they could sign, try and sign him in January just to stop other teams getting him Yep. Um, but in terms of do they need anything not really um, it's, they are the best team by a long, long way, I think I don't think anyone comes close.
0: Who's the standout player in the team?
2: I mean, I'm actually going to be a bit boastful here. Um, When we done our our preview before a ball had been kicked this season, um, I said the player of the year in the Premier League will be Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. I know it's only been a quarter of the season so far, but no one can argue with that. Um, He's been exceptional, goals, assists, just all-round play. He's been controlling games. Um, I mean, we all know he's an unbelievable player, but um he's, he's been a different level to what anyone had seen him before so far this season mm-hmm.
0: um how do you think they'll pair in the champions league I think
2: it all depends on, on the draw um it's, I mean like they're going to get someone that comes second in their group in uh in the next round but I mean that could potentially be a bayern munich i'm uh, saying that at the moment i think they'd beat bayern uh all depends on the draw i think there's only sort of two or three teams that could potentially beat them Mm. Um, but it all depends on when when they get them. Um, it looks like Real Madrid are going to come second in their group, which um, I think a Real Madrid. I know they've not been brilliant, but a Real Madrid that turns up can beat anyone. Mm. So it could be a potential. They get Real Madrid in the last 16, and they could go out. So, but I think it's only sort of a Real Madrid could beat them, an on-song Barcelona could beat them, and a, and a PSG that are flying could beat them over two legs. Beyond that, I don't really see anyone doing it may be one of the English clubs just because of, I mean, when two English clubs play each other on a European night, it has that different feel. It almost feels like a derby, even if the teams are from nowhere near each other, just because they're from the same country in a European competition. Mm. So, um, and obviously we always say with derbies, form kind of goes out the window. Um, so I'd say there's not many teams that can beat them, and it just depends on when they draw them. But the problem is with the Champions League, especially over two legs, you can have one really bad night and and that could be it, you have one bad night, you lose 3-0 to I and I say a Juventus who are obviously a decent team, you lose 3-0 to them, you just have a terrible night, you get an early sending off mm. and they ain't going to concede three goals in the next leg like a team that can defend like that but I'd say that the logical money on them is going quite deep, quarters, semis of the Champions League, I'd say it's a logical, logical bet
0: mm-hmm. So first by 15 currently on 31 points and doing it with ease at the moment
2: yeah, strolling. I don't think they've been they've been pushed. They haven't. They got a last minute winner at Bournemouth early on in the season. The only points they've dropped was to Everton when they went down to ten men after thirty five minutes. Beyond that, I don't think any of their games have even been close. Like they've not, as I said, Bournemouth. They scored a last minute winner, but beyond that, I don't think they've been scoring last minute goals and just snatching it. Yeah. Um, they've been pretty, pretty comfortable, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, even their goal difference is way up there, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, like they beat West Brom 3-2, three, three, but it was never in doubt. I think West Brom, it was 1-1, and then City went 3-1 up, and West Brom scored with pretty much the last kick to make it 3-2, and it kind of looks like, oh, that was a bit close, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, Carl, so you get Manchester United, mate. Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on them this season? Do they need anybody in January?
3: Um, I don't think they need anyone in January. They need They need players to return. I think at, at the start of the season, they had Pogba. He was on fire with Lukaku. I remember seeing against Swansea. Swansea would hold him off for the first half. Suddenly, there'd be a four-goal battering by the end. And that form's kind of gone out the window since he's been out of the team. Um, Lukaku's been good. I don't think he, he's he's uh, he's the best Premier League striker of the season. I think Kane's already taken that mantle. But um, Anthony Martial, they need to play him a lot more. I know he plays plays first team quite a bit now, but he needs to be starting each game. Rashford coming off the bench. Mm. Um, in terms of the Champions League, though, I think they'll go far as well. Um, but that all depends, in my opinion, on uh, when Ibrahimovic comes back and how he features. I think he he's a big time player. Yeah, he he'll make the impact in those games. And uh, if he is if he is fit, I know he's aging a lot now, but if he's Still at the top of his game, he could easily beat those teams like Juve and I. I dare say Bayern Munich, but um, I don't think they'll go as far as Man City.
0: Currently on twenty-three points, sitting in second place. You look at um, Manchester City in thirty-one. Joe says, and we've said it plenty of times. As as he as Tony mentioned last week, um, you know the so-called park the bus and you know try and draw against the top top four or five teams and then beat the lower teams should be enough to win the league. He's looking at Manchester City running away over. it. Does he change his tactics?
3: I think he's quite stubborn in terms of his tactics, but I think it's a necessary evil for uh, Mourinho to try and change them. He's got the players to go full-out offensive and win games four or or five deal like they did at the start of the season. Mm. I know it's it's kind of a... um, like a fail-safe trying to get draws against uh, top teams saying, oh, look, we've got a result. But at the end of the day, Man City aren't doing that and they're the ones that are eight points ahead of them and it's going to be a very hard eight points to clamber back for Manchester United because Man City seem a very, very good team this season and I don't see them dropping many points. So bringing
0: nobody in in
3: January, um, what you, what your thoughts are
0: the end of January? I mean, where do you yeah. Think? Yeah?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, you could bring in someone. I think that they need a playmaker because Mick Tarrion, he hasn't been on form since the start of the season. He had like four assists at the start and suddenly he fell off. I think they need a good playmaker to come in. I don't know if Man United uh, are renowned for making world-class January signings, but um, I think that is one area that they, they would improve in or they'd want to improve in if they wanted to smash the cash. But, um, yeah, the squad depth's good as, as long as Paul Pogba and Libra comes back. Um, yeah, but still, there's, there's a golfing class between Man City and Man United at the, at the moment. Mm-mm. Okay, skip third place
0: and we'll go down to fourth. (laughs) No, we we better make a mention of uh, Tottenham Hotspurs and we'll go to Schwinn, mate, unfortunately, buddy. Um, Give us your take down on them so far, mate. Do they bring in somebody in January?
4: I don't believe so. I mean, uh, throughout the league, uh, I think most managers prefer not to have a lot of activity in January uh, unless it's, you know, of critical importance. And especially when you're, when you're looking this far up the table, uh, I don't expect too many ins and outs uh, from most teams. Mm. So, and I mean, uh, credit where credit's due, I don't think think Tottenham need a lot of reinforcement. Uh, the only place that stands out is uh, a backup striker. I mean, Llorente hasn't been featured that much, so it's harsh uh, for us to be critical on him. But I don't think that in the event Harry Kane gets injured or is out for, you know, an extended period of time that they'll be able to sort of hold ground. And that sort of was evident from the visit to Old Trafford, where, uh, again, a very pragmatic Mourinho side uh, was able to, you know, uh, get the points over them. And they didn't deserve to. I mean, it was it was a gridlock game and it was Jose at his best. So th- that, that game was a good case study showing that, when Harry Kane's not around, then these people might face a little bit of trouble. Mm. But then again, how do you expect, you know, a backup to come in and then just be willing to sit on the bench? I mean, someone like Batshuayi uh, is probably case in point for that as well because he's been fed up uh, and he tries to come on and make an impact, but he's hit or miss. Mm. So it's it's difficult, and I, and I understand the sort of predicament of uh, Pochettino Fields. And, I mean, Jansen didn't work out, so that was a bust. So I feel that's the only place where they would need strengthening. But in the short run, uh, I don't think they're going to make any changes. Just considering, uh, Llorente was just brought in, and Daniel Levy is you know, a very austere businessman. So I can't I can see how they'll be getting rid of Llorente. But I mean, they're they're a solid team. Uh, Davidson Sanchez or Davinson Sanchez, however you say that, has slotted right in. Uh, so that's another testament to Pochettino's style of playing and. His vision for uh, you know bringing reinforcements in. Hmm. Uh, I don't expect uh, any changes, to be very honest. Maybe sending out a couple of players on loan, um, as is the case usually during these win- during these windows. Uh, but I do not expect any uh, surprise activity from Tottenham.
0: I think they've shocked a few people. Um, top of the group in the Champions League. So where do we see? How far do we see them going in this Champions League?
4: I'm not sure how good Tottenham are as a cup team. Um, I mean, the dynamics of playing in the league and playing in a cup, whether it's a domestic or, 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 you know, a European cup, are vastly different. And I think people, uh, especially fans, somehow, uh, not somehow, but sometimes just overlook that. And uh, that's one of the reasons we haven't seen Tottenham winning anything in the past, you know, a number of years. Uh, Don't get me wrong. They're a fantastic team. Uh, I'll I'll be happy to admit that uh, because I'll be a fool not to. Mm. But results, you know, that's what matters. And that's that's why most managers get crucified uh, in in modern times. So uh, I'm not sure I'm looking forward to see how they do, because maybe that's what will push people on the other side of North London to sort of pull their balls up and do something about our own club. Um, um, I, I don't wish them success, but I, I want I want people yeah, at Arsenal also, to also realize yeah, how yeah. far we're yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how far they go. Again, the draw makes a big big difference. Mm. Uh, but I don't I don't see Tottenham as a team that is uh, you know that will fall down to a particular style of team. Uh, I don't I don't see how a very attack minded or a very defensive minded team. Uh, would f- would feature against Tottenham. So I think it'll be an interesting dynamic. I would like to see them square off with one of the bigger teams in Europe just to see where they are uh, and see where they go from there.
0: Currently sitting in third on 23 points with Manchester United. Not, I, I have to say it was a really their last Champions League game against Real Madrid. 3-1 was a very convincing win, and um, maybe they've put their hand up to be counted. So.
4: Possibly, um, but I mean... I like yeah. to say that you can you can never clap with one hand, and uh, of course they won three one. But we all have to also see what sort of a team uh, turned up from from Madrid. And yeah. when I say turned up, I mean did not turn up because yeah. they were all over the place, and there was there was nothing that Madrid offered on that one day. Uh, yeah. And I mean that one goal that they got is actually a little bit of a you know, relaxer in terms of what the scoreline actually was. Mm -hmm. Tottenham came out with a plan and they executed it to perfection.
0: I agree. I agree totally. Okay. um, Savvy, Chelsea, mate. Where are we? What are they up to in January?
1: Yeah, I think uh, they are not performing to the levels they were last season. Um, I think they were brilliant and they won the league deservedly. Uh, I think they were missing Hazard at the start. And uh, Morata, I think he's uh, as good as he is with his head. I think he little bit struggles with his foot, so uh, he needs that gelling in with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, that uh, coordination is missing with Morata. Uh, but that, but uh, Morata is a good striker. Uh, they have a good backup striker. I think uh, uh, defensively they can strengthen. But I don't think they will go in because uh, I'm because with David Luiz, I think uh, Conte has fallen apart with David Luiz. I think there's a there's an issue over there. So, uh, they are playing Christensen right now. And I think they have Root They have options, but uh, defensively, they don't look as good as they have been known for. So, I think that is the place where they can strengthen. And I think we, Arsenal, will be competing with them for top four. Because I think uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal will be the, and even Tottenham. Uh, I think they will be they will be the teams uh, competing for the last two top four spots. So I think uh, we can do better than them, or maybe they can do better than us. But we don't know. But uh, right now they are not up to the levels of uh, levels they set last season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you them far in the Champions League. No, I don't think so. I think I think uh, I think probably quarterfinals if the draw favours them. Uh, I think even if, if they get a very uh, like a tough draw, maybe Bayern or Real Madrid, then I think they'll be going out. And then uh, if they don't go out in last sixteen, then maybe quarterfinals.
0: Mm, okay, uh, they fourth spot currently on twenty two points. Uh, Liverpool. Yeah. I'll just touch quickly on that. Um, so Liverpool, I think they're probably underachieved uh, a little bit. Um, January, if, if Glopp doesn't fix up that defence, well, uh, I think you'll see maybe see Glopp go by the end of the season because they somehow managed to buy what a couple of right right wingers. Um, a uh, seller for me. He, a lot of people question his ability back in the Premier League, and I think um, I think he's proved proved that he's uh, was a great buyer. So um, yeah, for me in January, it, look, like I say, Glopp's got to try and fix a bit of that defence up. I think he's he's too vulnerable. He's got a good attack, um, but his defence is the issues. And if they want to move forward. And go a little bit up more up the ladder. For or at least go for a top four. I think he needs to bring in about two two new defenders. Um, okay, so they're sitting on fifth yeah,
1: and they are on yeah. One thing, uh, yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, on Liverpool, I've got a question for you guys. Uh, how uh, how many of you think that Klopp is overrated? I think he's a, I think
0: he's a good good manager. However, okay. something's not right there. And, and I am, I'm only going on his, his Dortmund days. Um, yeah. I, I think he, he did really well at Dortmund But something's just off at Liverpool, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a... Uh, I've been told the transfer committee have lots of say in who comes in, not Glopp. Um, I could be wrong. I apologise if I am wrong. but um, So I don't know if it's actually Glopp. Buying the players that he wants to buy, um, that suit his style. It's I don't know if it's him or the transfer committee. Uh, anyone else? Just, just that? on yeah. that,
4: I think that's a that's a very good question that Savvy just put to us. Uh, I, I, I guess my my question back to him would be overrated. Uh, you know, compared to whom? Because if you look at Klopp's record up till now and you compare it to Rodgers, I think they're pretty yeah. neck and neck. Uh, no, I think Rodgers bit- is
1: just better. Just better, right? Record. So maybe yeah.
4: one one odd win here or there, you know, one, one of those late goals maybe against Burnley, which is reflecting that that record. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you could make an argument either way, who had a better attacking side, you know? Was it Rodgers or was it Klopp? Uh, because you had the likes of Suarez and Sturridge, you know, probably at his peak, and of course Sterling uh, at the same time. And then, you know, you have the current crop of players at, at Liverpool, which are also, attack in terms of attacking talent, pretty good. So I think that's a very, very uh, aptly word question because, you you know, you say overrated.
1: Uh, and I think actually, uh, way. what I mean is, uh, I think the media, uh, media overrates him a lot. That's the because of his attitude, celebration or whatever. But for that, media overrates him a lot, according to me. But at the, at the same time, I mean, I would argue the other way. I mean, look at someone
4: like... Chamberlain, You know, he was offered a a bumper contract at Arsenal, which he turned down. The same thing, a a similar contract, I think a little less, he turned down at Chelsea to go to Liverpool. Now, granted that he thought that he was going to feature in midfield. But another reason that he personally mentioned, I don't know how evident this was or how actually instrumental that was. But he mentioned that Klopp is a brilliant man-manager. And the relationship that he sees Klopp having with other players was an attractive point. Now people are on the fence about oxlade Chamberlain, but if if someone else said that, if Naby Keita says that or any other prospective talent says that, then that's a huge testament to Klopp. So if the media is hyping up uh, this this whole enigma and this whole persona that Klopp puts up, it's working for them. So at the same time if they are overhyping him, then you know it's almost in a way good for Liverpool, isn't it?
1: It yes. is good for Liverpool. Yeah, it's, yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, it's good for Liverpool, but uh, actually, I'm comparing him with uh, with the managers like uh, I think Pochettino, Arsene Wenger, uh, even Conte when he was struggling. I think uh, he lost uh, two or three games, and media was out that he's near to the sack. And if you look at Klopp's record never there is no media report or anything that he, he's close to a sack or anything that he's just loved by the media so well, that way I'm comparing him to others yeah he,
0: he is he, and he's he, look the media love him because he talks to the media but um, I, I question and, and you said Schwinn, about Chamberlain I just for the life of me it doesn't matter how many times i sit down and think about it you've bought Seller <laughs> and Chamberlain. And I'm thinking, eight, was what are we, eighty million dollars for them two players? And you bought two right wing backs, uh, two right wings. And I just, I get lost on who did that.
4: Like, was that a glop, or was that the um, transfer committee? I mean, that see, uh, I'm not going to try and speculate on the inner workings of Liverpool Football Club, but that's a growing trend. This this hybrid winger slash midfielder player emergence that we're seeing. I mean, if look look across Merseyside and look look at Manchester City, they did the same thing. You know, Bernardo Silva is is a player who you can sort of, you know, fit into that mold as well. He's slower than Chamberlain, but he's a lot more central than Chamberlain. So, we are seeing this new crop of players who are hybrid, who can play across the number 10 as a center attacking mid or as a left or a right attacking mid and they cover a lot of space on the flanks and they Go back to provide cover for for their for their fullbacks now it, it, i mean it's it's such a gamble right when you're when you're looking into players and trying to bring in players, you don't know who's going to fit in what sort of uh, in what sort of position so yes, I mean it, it is a move which hasn't panned out so far. We don't know where it's going to go from from here, and yes, when you have that much uh, you know problems in in defense and that's probably where you want to yeah. bring in reinforcements. So I'm not going to get into the inner workings. I mean, the question that was posed was simply about Klopp. I think he gets a lot of stick. I think some of that stick is deserved. Uh, But at the same time, when Rodgers was in the league, uh, the league was not this competitive. So the league is now way more competitive at the top. I mean, Tottenham was not as good as they are. Uh, Arsenal are worse than what they were back then, some would argue. Uh, So the, the, the golfing class is sort of... You know, increasing between these teams, so I, I think it's unfair to jump to a conclusion either way on Klopp. Yeah, but what I'm actually, what, and, and I know you, I'm, I'm not bagging
0: Klopp, and I'm not going to bag Rogers, But what I question is the Liverpool team that we seen with Rogers and the Liverpool team that now we see with Klopp. Is it the manager's team? Because you've got. I, two- I would
4: say it totally. It totally is. Yeah. Okay. I just. I mean, other other than Coutinho, I don't think there's anyone who's uh, creating problems. I mean, even mean to be fair, to Coutinho and Barcelona come calling, you you oblige. Uh, but I mean, looking at everyone else, I don't think that there's anyone who's waiting for Klopp to resign, unless you find yourself in the reserves and you happen to be playing in the first team before. Oh,
0: you I, I think I think the the players have uh, look from from what you see, they they enjoy playing football and and they enjoy Klopp and. You know the, the love for the guy, and and he's a character. But you ask yeah. any, any Liverpool fan, will say to you, "We should have bought defence. We we should have bought defence. Yeah, that's right. Any Liverpool fan. Now I question why didn't why why don't the managers why didn't he see that? But no, I I would guess that he was right the wins. first
4: person to see that. Yeah, and, and I what, would
1: guess that he was on the Van Dyke train before anyone yeah, else but, was from uh, from yeah, Elwood. But he. Uh, He didn't have any plan B to win, like, no plan B at all. And he even admitted that.
4: I actually have, uh, maybe this might be a little controversial, but I actually have respect for that. I would rather my football club wait and bring in a world-class player, in the meantime, give the players who are already there on bumper contracts, 80K, 90K, 100K, whatever you might have, uh, instead of bringing a B-grade player. I mean... No no offence to Gabriel Paulista, but isn't that what we sort of did? By bringing him in and then sending him right back? The problem, you know got, though, is
0: he's uh, yeah. got a lot of cup games coming up. Liverpool, Champions League, they're in... Uh, and, and I don't think he has the depth in the squad.
4: I agree. I don't think they do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm. Okay, let's move on from <laughs> Liverpool, because... Uh, we have drag talk a bit about Liverpool. <laughs> okay, currently on fifth in nineteen places, and we'll see what he does in January. My thoughts are it won't be Glopp doing much; it'll be the transfer committee doing something. Um, Tony, yep. Arsenal. Who? What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing for Arsenal?
2: Uh, I mean, the first thing we're not going to change shape. Uh, We've, we're on our best home run since we've been at the Emirates on it, uh, since we've changed shape. Um, away form was shocking with, uh, with a 4-3-3 or whatever it, you want to call it, four two three one, And it's been pretty much shocking with a back five as well. So I think the shape's going to remain the same. Um, it's difficult because I think a lot of the, t- the games, um, I've mentioned this many times, where... We ha- we've been a bit unlucky and we haven't really played bad and not picked up points. Uh, I mean, you can pretty much, you don't need to look into the home form because it's been perfect so far. Um, the the away form, um, Stoke, we was unlucky. Um, we could have been 3-0 up by the time they scored. A few refereeing decisions went against us. Uh, Liverpool, we was awful. There's extenuating circumstances. It's not an excuse. It doesn't make up for it, but it is a reason. Um obviously Everton we won Watford again decisions didn't go our way um, We again we wasn't good which is annoying and I think Wenger got it very wrong and I was very vocal about that at the time but um, again we wasn't awful and on another day we could win that game um, and that's pretty much it for drop points away I mean and obviously City just outclassed us and again I think Wenger got it wrong but we was outclassed by a better team um, I think it's, it's difficult so we've just got a them games where I say we could have won, we should have won, we was a bit unlucky. One, we need the decisions to stop going against us, but we we can't control that. But I'd say we need to be more clinical. Yeah. Um as I said that in that Stoke game, it wasn't only look, we could have had a couple of penalties and and Lacazette's goal could have stood, but we could have and also should have probably been two or three nil up by the time they scored and and that way the game's gone. So you have to put some blame at our feet. Um in terms of improvement, we know he hates the January window. As uh, someone said earlier, I can't remember who it was. Sorry, the, the, pretty much all managers hate the January window. Um, the only and I say, similar to what I said with Man City, the only way I can see anyone coming in is if they're basically being brought for the summer, and we're just bedding them in six months early, um, like a, a replacement for Ozil or Sanchez or anyone else that may go. Um, so they're the only ways I can see him coming in. Uh, just so before just before
0: you Keep continuing Tony And because we are an Arsenal podcast And we talk an Arsenal I've had a couple of questions come in With this um, So obviously MAA Gaming Has said you know A four-two-three-one. Um, uh, 2 What do you say Check uh, Yeah, he, he asked for thoughts Lack of a lack start Ozil, Ramsey, Lexus Um in the middle, uh, he's saying a deep, deep CM in Coughlin or Jack. And the four at the back. We'll What's your, what's your take on that?
2: I mean, I, I saw this, and it's one of them things. Like When we was playing four two three one, 3 one everyone moaned about it and called Wenger a dinosaur and said we need to change and blah, blah, blah. And then he changes, and it's obviously not worked in a few games, and some games it has worked. Mm. And now people want to change, but instead of thinking of something different they want to change back and all that will happen is when we lose if we change it back which he won't is they'll go oh he's only got two tactics when one doesn't work he goes back to the other mm. he literally cannot win in that respect and if he tries something new he gets called desperate um so he will stay the same in terms of the team that the um i oh, sorry is it m double a gaming I, yeah sure yeah tweet. yeah, uh,
0: gaming
2: it's, I mean, it's nowhere near defensive enough. I mean, I know he included Cochrane, but, I mean, the guy can't play football. Half the time I feel like he's won a competition to be in the starting lineup. Um,
0: I just noticed Jack in the Dukes. you well.
2: who, who we can lord over for, for his first 12 games, but he's shown no signs of being a great defender, if we're honest. He's looked very good going forward, which uh, as an Arsenal fullback is what you need most of the time, but he's not looked great defensively. Mm. Uh, Hector's not very good defensively mustafi's heads all over the place who i know MWA gaming included in his team mm. and cashelny's achilles is gone so and people want to criticize check every week so you're looking at that back five and you have defensive problems with each and every one of them mm. and then putting cocklin in front of that isn't gonna go okay that covers for the problems of the other five and then it also restricts us with the ball because cocklin can't transition he may be able to win the ball but his transitions horrible well he's also um,
0: he's also added jack in there as well
2: Next yeah, football. but it includes Jack playing deep. Again, it's yeah. not going to give you any defensive protection. It helps you with the transitions, but you're, you're relying on Jack to be defensive-minded. And where Jack's strong is intricate passes that can break lines. And he and he's, he's dribble where he, he's so strong physically when he's dribbling that he tends to not lose the ball. But you don't want your holding midfielder doing that because if he does lose the ball or if they double up on him or he slips... They're straight at your back four, and no, in Arsenal it's not a back four because the wing backs will be higher than anyone else, or the full backs it would be in that system. Yep. So then suddenly, if Jack loses the ball, you've got their attack on your two centre backs, which is which is a joke. Um, and he's, and he's, then also in that team, it includes Ramsey playing on the right. Yep. I mean, when that happened before, people have gone batshit crazy about it. Mm. And he's not a right winger, and it takes away every aspect of his game that is good. Um, his, his late runs are good, but there's no point having a late run if you're going to pop up on the right wing. Um, if he then tucks in, Hector's got no protection, and people have moaned about Ramsey not doing his defensive work. It takes away a lot of his energy, because he will run up and down on the right, but you can't be pivotable. It's very difficult, because he's not like a winger that's going to cross the ball in. Mm. So it means it's difficult on the right with his, um, like, what's he really going to do? Mm. So I think there's so many flaws in that team, he, he said. Um, and I think just if, in general, if we change to that formation, there's so many problems that it, it won't work. I think people are just wanting change for change's sake or, oh, it's not working brilliantly at the moment, we're not top of the league, so let's change. Let's but, change it. Well, uh, he's also... Yeah, he, suggestions of what to change too are not, nah. not suitable all. Well, he's also... I don't know
0: whether he's thought about and this one's come a bit later, because he also mentioned, uh, do you think we should be more flowing with formations by changing it every game to counter
2: our opponents? I mean, we, we tend to... I'm, I'm an advocate of starting with the same formation but, but shuffling it dependent on who you're playing, which I don't think we, we tend to do enough of. We tend to do a lot of in-game changes um, but they're, they're quite predictable. If we're losing, we'll go back to a back four and try and get extra bodies forward. Um, but I don't think there's there's the odd circumstance. To be fair, Tottenham are very good at it but not, no one else really changes their formation week in, week out. Hmm. Um, Tottenham do it quite easily because Dier is equally as bad at centre-back and centre-midfield so he can roam between the two um, and they can name the same players doing it. I think that's the key. I think if Arsenal were to do it, it would be naming different players which affects your training, affects your systems um, so it's more difficult to do and I think if you look at if you look at the top teams, both in England and and on the continent, Barcelona, you know how they're going to play. Real Madrid, you know how they're going to play. I'm not comparing us in terms of level, but yeah. I think it's, you need to breed some familiarity. As I said, Tottenham are very adept at changing. He still favours a five at the back, but he does play a four at the back sometimes with Dyer in front. But again, that's how it's written on the team sheet. But if you actually watch the games, especially if you're at games, and, and some of us will see it uh, next Saturday, the when their wing-backs go forward, Dyer, if he's playing in midfield in what is traditionally a 4 two, 3 one, slots back into defence and it becomes a three-man back three anyway. So he is very transitional within games. Um, but City very rarely change. Uh, they do do it, but it's very rare. Mm. They may get players to play obscure positions. Like at Chelsea, they um, Del was playing left wing-back in the back five, but he, he popped up in the middle of the pitch a lot to allow overlaps. But it still it still started with the same traditional formation. Mourinho, uh, I, th- I mean, he played a back three against Tottenham, and it's the first time I think he's ever done it or, or in in a long time. Mm. So I mean, it's very rare. I can see what people, I can see why people think you should be more fluid. That, and I agree with him that we should adapt to our opponents, but maybe not in terms of formation, uh, formation just in terms of personnel and setup. Like at Chelsea away, we didn't adapt our formation, but we completely adapted our setup, and although we didn't win the game, it worked really well. So I agree with him on that part of it, but maybe not in terms of formation.
0: Okay, so a uh, crucial couple of games coming up in December. Going into January, Look, if and as we know, Wenger's not one to bring somebody in in January. Where do you see us come
2: January, end of January? <sighs> I mean, it's a, it's a difficult question. My crystal ball isn't working brilliantly. As I said before, <laughs> he wouldn't, um, I, do, I don't think he'll sign anyone unless it's a replacement for Sanchez even though I don't expect Sanchez to go but I mean buying early to try and save it but again you've got to remember it's a World Cup year so Mm. anyone we're looking at probably wouldn't want to move if they're in contention for the World Cup Um, I know today we've been linked in the sun with Wilfred Zaha we've been linked with him since time began since before he went to Man United it didn't work there and then the links died down and suddenly it's come back again I think with him uh, he is Palace's best player and he may lose the ball ten times, but create something once, and that's good enough for a team like Palace. Mm. Uh, no disrespect to them. Whereas the Arsenal fans would be on his back instantly if if he, he was only doing something ten percent of the time. Um, I actually think he's quite a good player, but he does need that freedom, and it's what killed him at Man United as well. Mm. Um, was Moyes? I think Ferguson signed him, but he never played under Ferguson. He played under Moyes, and Moyes wouldn't stand for that you'll do something sometimes but most of the time you'll you'll be a waste essentially. Yeah. Um so I d I can't see that one happening. Um but yeah, end of January it's difficult. We could go on a good run. I don't think we've got quite a few I mean our fixtures we've got United home, all of our all of our fixtures are the, the big games are at home. We've got Liverpool home, United home, Chelsea home, Tottenham home. Mm. Um so I mean if you pick up points there or at least don't lose. I mean, you could be. I'm not. We're not going to win the league, but you could be in a strong position for top four, yep. um, which I think is the best we can achieve this season. Um, just, just I, I on the, people, just
0: yeah. on the. Sorry, just on the top four for a second. Is is Wenger under pressure if he doesn't make the top four this season?
2: He's never under pressure. No. Okay.
0: Now it's just a couple of people I thought that mentioned, and I, I, you know, they said, oh, he may be under
2: pressure if he doesn't make the top four this season. No, I mean, a lot of people would like him to be under pressure, but mm. that's just because they don't want him at the club. As I said, I've personally said many times, I don't think he should be our manager, but he's not, I'm not going to pretend he's going to be under pressure if he doesn't make the top four. Mm. Um, the business is still running incredibly well, and that's all the powers that they care about. Um, the profit's going to keep rolling in, and the asset's going to keep growing. Um, like I've seen some outrageous tweets saying, oh, I hope we get battered by Tottenham on Saturday because it puts pressure on Wenger. It doesn't. It annoys us. It gives them something to gloat about. And it doesn't... It, Cronky isn't going to go, oh, he lost to Tottenham, let's get rid of him. Cronky doesn't care. Cronky doesn't know who Tottenham
1: are. Yeah. He
2: literally... I wouldn't know that. Like, if yeah. you said to him what city are Tottenham in, he probably wouldn't have a clue. He'd probably say London because it's the only city he knows. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> it's literally madness. But, um, yeah, So I said, it's difficult. I mean, a lot of people would want me to say, oh, we're going to sign a new holding midfielder and whatnot. We're not. Yeah. Um, I think... And I think it would be difficult to do so as well because we try and get our holding midfielder to play two roles, which is a different issue in itself. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it it all depends. As I said, if we win two or three of them, the four home games against the big teams, we'll be we'll be sitting in a, in a quite nice position. But on the other hand, if you lose two or three of them, we'll be cut adrift and the best we could probably hope for is Sip. So without speculating on them games, I, I can see us sitting between Second at a maximum, probably third third and sixth by by the end of uh, mid to end of January.
0: Yeah. I'll come to you boys in a second with Arsenal as well. But I just on um, Europa League, Tony, you you said earlier we're not going to win the league. So do we put everything into Europa League now?
2: I mean, I said this before the start of the season and and it's remained my view throughout. We get through the groups with players that aren't going to play in the first team, um, which we've done now. And then we reassess in February because the group's (coughs) finished in December, December the 6th, I think it is, but we're already through and more than likely we'll win the group. Um, So we then go after December 6th, there's no fixtures until usually the last, about the the middle of February, around the the 14th, between the 10th and the end of February. Mm. So then we reassess then. If we're second in the league, we're obviously not going to win the league. But if we're looking in a commanding position to finish top four, you then can't throw the league. You can't focus purely on Europa League. And you look at your draw as well. Because, I mean, if we do win the group, we'll we'll get a favourable draw. Um, And you can look to see if you can get by that game with your likes of your non 13 players. So as Giroud, Mm. uh, who's not been playing in the Premier League. So it all depends on your situation in February and the draw you get. I would also add that it's not the same as United doing it last season. Because United threw all their eggs into the Europa League basket, knowing that they were the best team in it and had a very, very strong chance of winning it. They were favourites in every game they played. Mm. Whereas we're going to have, as I mentioned last week, Atletico Madrid, almost certainly. Um, Dortmund? Uh, Dortmund, almost certainly. And there was one other, I can't remember who it was. Um, and then we've already got the likes of AC Milan in it, from just from the Europa League. So it's not the same as what United did last season, where they could throw all their eggs in that basket and be very, very confident of winning it. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Well, they play semi so like, the sitting didn't in
2: fourth, but it was a bit debatable. Yeah. But they, thought, oh, if we chuck the league, we'll definitely qualify for the Champions League through Europa League, or, or not definitely, but we have a very strong chance. Whereas, I don't think that's the case with us. And you don't want to throw the league, get to the semi or final, and get beaten by an Atletico, which mm. one would be a surprise result. And two, then you've you've thrown away your season for, for what? So I think you yeah, need to reassess right. it. Assess in February, basically when the draws, well, the draws made end of December, but when it comes to that game, where we're sitting in the league in February and who we've got. And if we can get through that game with the likes of Maitland-Niles, Jack, if he's not back in the team by then, Coughlin, Walcott, Giroud, them type of players, and and then you'll see. And then the real question comes when we get a team that maybe we're not expected to beat or is a harder game, like an AC Milan, we'd probably still be expected to beat them, but not with a reserve team. Mm. And then you reassess where you are are in the league. And if you need to get out your Koscielny's, Ozil, Sanchez's, whoever your first, first team, in, in that kind of game, and that's when the
0: question comes for me. Yeah, okay. Um, Carl, I'm still on Arsenal. Glenn Bax, Glenn asked the question, um, with Spurs coming up, is there a changing of the guard at North London? If there is, what needs to be changed to keep
3: up with the Spurs? Oh, that is a difficult question. Good question, Glenn. But, um, I... <sighs> I don't know. We we just need to. We need to get that mentality of again uh, mentality again. That idea of putting Spurs in our uh, in our what's it? Our rear view, because at the moment, like we we've got the mentality of um, just keeping up with you know the top six. Where I know that being like being on top of your rivals isn't the be all and end all. But mm. we need to change our mentality again. Because uh, that competition in re- um, back in the day, in the past, like maybe like six years ago, seven or five years ago, when we kept on beating them for fun, mm. I think that was a, that was good. Uh, not only was a good indicator that we were doing well in the league, but also um, I think the the rivalry gave us I like, it, it gave us a spur to success, if you excuse the pun. But um, yeah. We need that sort of motivation now. We need to kind of switch our ideas, our targets, our goals. And um, once we do that, then, yeah, um, I think maybe we might be able to still be the best team in North London, and that pains me to say that.
0: Take take your rose-coloured glasses off for two seconds. Mm. Comparing the both teams over the last two years, mm.
3: who's who's the better team? I mean, if you want to compare FA Cup versus putting pressure on teams, then you'd (laughs) say Arsenal. He's an Uh, Arsenal fan,
0: lads. He's an Arsenal fan. (laughs) No, Uh, but look, for me, the Spurs have been um, consistently putting pressure on. (laughs) I can't say it. I
3: just, yeah, keep going, Carl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they just seem to falter at the last hurdle, and uh, you know, I I have uh, I have arguments with people saying, oh look, we've won the FA Cup, and they say, oh, it's a nothing cup. Mm. And I'm like, well, you've just put the pressure on Chelsea, and look what's happened there. Second doesn't really give you a, a, a achievement in a sense or anything like that. In terms of achievements, saying yes, we are the better team, but in terms of overall performance through the season, Spurs are. They, 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 are. Their, their form is, up, better yeah. ours, their is better than ours. Their defence is better. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a shame considering we used to have the likes of Rizicki and um, Podolski and all that um, ripping Spurs a new arsehole at times, and now it's come to this.
0: Yes. Um. <laughs> okay, Schwin still on Arsenal. <laughs> What would, you, would you like to see anybody come in in January?
4: No. Um, I, I don't like the January window. I, I don't like too much transfer activity in general. I mean, having too much transfer activity is a sign of things not going well. Mm. So, uh, would you like, would you you like it out? Would you like it gone altogether, the January window?
1: Um,
4: I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how those dynamics work out on a club. So mm. as a fan... I like it because, it, uh, you know, things, uh, things get moved around a little bit. The pot gets stirred. And, of course, it's, it's you know, the, the, what gets you through the summer as a football fan is the window. Mm. So having that during the season, I think, adds another dimensionality and a lot more mind games. Mm. So I think it's interesting. I think it shakes things up a little bit. And I think uh, as a fan, it's always something which is exciting. Uh, however, if you're on the other side of of the spectrum and you're you know a part of a football club, I I can see how it's how it's hampering you know the status quo, cool, if you will. Mm. So I I don't think there will be too much ins and outs uh, for Arsenal in the in the summer uh, in the winter. Uh, apart from as Tony mentioned, if he, if Sanchez leaves, then we might pull the trigger on someone. But I don't see Sanchez leaving in the winter. Mm. So uh, I I don't think we're going to see a transfer activity from Arsenal's point of view okay um, savvy
0: Yeah. There's a question here from I'm just trying to pronounce the name chez I think he, I think it is um, Sanchez replacement contracts who's going to sign and transfer um, example over Mars so I think he's looking towards the summer because well let's say January yeah let's say yeah. January because that's the next window who, who would who would Who's your replacement? If if we if we sell Sanchez, who's your replacement yeah. in January?
1: My replacement in January would be Dry Mertens, but it would be very difficult to get him or even Insigne. Looking at uh, real, re, looking at realistic ones. Okay, realistic ones. Then I think yeah. Lemar because we have been linked with him. Or uh, Fakir from uh, Olympic Leon, we have been linked with him recently, and they are both gettable players. Did you just so say Fakir? they are both. Yeah, <laughs> Nabil Fakir. I think from <laughs> Olympic Leon. <laughs> what is that? Have you saw that again? <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, I think they are both apt players. Uh, they can replace Sanchez, and i I think we should replace Sanchez, uh, irrespective of him going or not in January. Because uh, in summer when we'll be going out uh, for a replacement, the uh, prices will be sky high. So we should be acting in January and get a replacement for Sanchez. As a fan, you want him to go in January, or would you rather him stay for the season? And now looking at the uh, at the current things, I want him to go in January because he's not doing the team any favors, and. Uh, It's better to get something for him than nothing, so I want him on. Okay.
0: Right, well, that rounds out the top six, uh, with Arsenal nipping at the heels on 19, Liverpool also 19,
4: so hopefully with a win... I'm just going to jump in real quick, Tez, and just touch upon something that uh, you asked Tony, uh, which was about uh, if Wenger has pressure, and I think Tony said it in as many words as I can, that there's never any pressure on Wenger from, from the cream at Arsenal. However, I do think there is an element of self-inflicted pressure, which is slowly dawning on, on our manager. Uh, I, I, I'm starting to think uh, that if things don't go well in this, uh, by the end of this year and looking into next year, if things are still not progressing as we would like them, I could see him hanging his hat by the end of this contract. I mean, a part of me still says that he's going to be at the club for, for years to come, till the time my hair turns white. But I, I, I can see some dejection uh, in terms of Wenger just not enjoying what he, what he dedicated his life to. And all, all the toxicity and all, all the shackles, which are very few uh, on him, I think are slowly starting to take a massive toll on him. So his comments at the AGM that you know we're gonna like we're gonna have a review of my season and this and that it could just be you know cushioning tactics, but a part of me is starting to feel as if uh, this this is gonna be a part of self-inflicted pressure because the board is not never gonna sack him. Mm. Uh, the only way we're gonna get rid of him is if he you know walks out of the club, which is exactly what I actually want. I don't want him to be fired. I want him to just leave whenever he thinks is the time, and I think that time is coming.
0: Well, you don't have to look back at last year. when he, It took him so long to sign that new contract,
4: didn't it, for two years? Yeah, and I, I think we spoke about this earlier, that uh, he was probably not going to sign the contract. Mm. I mean, till the time we won the FA Cup, I think that's when maybe he changed his mind, believing that there's still something in there, mm. without realizing that it's, it's going to be downhill for the next few months. As well, and then he
0: went straight out and bought Lacazette, and
4: um, you know we expected great things. And uh, oh, I mean, we've been we've been criticizing we've been criticizing Liverpool's transfer policy for the right reasons. What about our transfer policy? You know, I mean, mean, Lacazette is a quality player, but is that what we require? I mean, a case can be made either way, but I don't think he's a player positionally who arsenal fans or even staff at arsenal could agree on that that's where we needed reinforcement you know the defensive and the the defensive midfield part is probably where one would assume the first reinforcement comes in i think we always needed an out
0: and out striker but um i you know as well as well klasanak she was he was a freebie but um i agree we we probably needed one more in the defence and maybe one more in the um, in the mids. Uh, I don't know what his budget was or what the guy was, but Lacazette was
4: about all it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean priorities, right? I mean, uh, I, I still think Klaassenage has the potential to become the best signing of the summer in terms of per bank per buck. You mm. cannot argue with a free signing, especially when he's the best left back from from the Bundesliga in terms of you know he made the team of the year, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I agree. We need an out-and-out striker, but when you're holding on to Olivier Giroud and you know you're waiting on him, and, you know he's going to stick around the club for a year mm-hmm. or two. You do have some options,
1: you
4: Just, know. If you are going to play Sanchez as as a nine away at Man City, you can do that without bringing in Lacazette into the club.
0: Well, we've got Lacazette. We've played
1: Sanchez up front. We've got yeah. Welbeck and Giroud. No, I've got something to say on this. I think. Uh, uh, we replace Sanchez's goals with Lacazette, and then we'll be adding a creative winger uh, later on. That's what I But think then why not sell sense.
4: Sanchez? Why why hold on to Sanchez? I wouldn't If you, hold on. I mean, I agree with you. He he can yeah. be that sort of a player who fits into that mold. You know, in terms of output, if not in terms of playing style. But then why not ship Sanchez off in the summer? But and actually, use that we money ship.
1: Uh, we shipped Lucas Perez out and we bought Lacazette. So, I think for, if we look at look at that in that way, I think it makes sense. Because Perez never had a chance and I think it was never a Wenger signing. So, uh, maybe uh, Wenger's got Lacazette and now he, he's playing him. Though uh, uh, an argument can be made on that. But uh, Lacazette is obviously a Wenger signing and Perez wasn't. So, uh, it could be a direct replacement too. Yeah, but, I mean, first of all, I think Perez
4: is loaned out. I don't think he's been sold. Is that correct? Yeah, he's, he's loaned yeah, out, but, yeah. 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 but Secondly, like I think we're back, paying think. half of his wages still. So, fuck that. You know, I mean, I, I find that unacceptable, that you're still paying half his wages. Just let him be at our club. You know, if you don't, if he's, he's 28, 29, we're not hoping for him to become, you know, the next best striker or next best right winger in the world. So just have him at the club. Play him in the Europa League, what not. And thirdly, in terms of financial symmetry, that argument falls apart because what we paid for Lucas Perez is no way is by no way comparable to what we paid for Lacazette. Am if I miss, you made that same argument for a Tia Walcott, I would agree. Am I missing something though? We've got Perez,
0: Giroud, Welbeck, Sanchez, Lacazette all still in on our, our books here. Okay, Perez is lined out. Uh, are we going to sell Giroud in January? Or a Welbeck? I highly doubt so? that. Or a Welbeck. I doubt that. Because uh, we're running around, and, and he put in Sanchez against Manchester City to play up front when you've got Giroud, Welbeck. Oh, Welbeck was injured, was he? Yeah,
4: I think yeah. he just came
0: back to training like that Friday. Yeah, so, so we had Giroud yeah. sitting on the bench. An interesting question come through, though, on the tweet do we play and it goes back to formation um, somebody mentioned do we do we start Giroud and Lacazette together
1: up front actually i would like that it sounds good but i don't think wenger will do that mm. yeah you know, a seeing a 442 would
4: of course be the dream but i think if we ever do switch to something like that i think we'll see ozil up top uh, you know slotting in as a number 10 because yeah. I don't think, in terms of Lacazette and Giroud, though they, I think they do have a good understanding because of their time at the time in the national team. I don't think it's they're ready to play in the, in the Premier League in that sort of a role. I think that that takes time to cultivate, and by the time that does cultivate, I think Juro is going to be getting up there in terms of age. Okay, right. Uh, um, well, let's
0: move on from Arsenal, and uh, we'll go through these very quickly. So I'll give you a couple of teams, Tony. Um, we've got a couple other things to talk about on the podcast as well. So Burnley are in seventh, Brighton in eighth, Watford in
2: ninth. How do you see their, um, them going? Burnley, I think, purely depends on Sean Dyche. If he goes to Everton, then their season, I'm not going to say will fall apart. I think they've already done enough, and they're solid enough to show that they're going to stay up. But uh, if their manager goes, their season will be very different. Um, I think sometimes managers just get clubs, and they do well there, and they go elsewhere, and, and they don't, either they don't do as well, or someone comes in and picks exactly the same team, and it just doesn't work for some reason. And I think Dice just gets Burnley. They fit together. They're their, the typical mismatch sort of thing. Like Not mismatch. They don't fit in. Deich doesn't fit in. Burnley don't fit in in the Premier League. Little old Burnley. <laughs> so they get their backs against the wall, and they, they all plough together, and, and it works. Yeah, so I think with them it's very hard to predict what's going to happen. I'll give you a better idea in 2 weeks when we see who Everton's manager is. Yep. Yeah. Um Brighton Brighton I think will they I mean they'll slip down from eighth no doubt. Um they I mean a lot of people are still tipping them for relegation. I think I think they're better than that. Yeah. I, I think they'll, they'll I think they'll be between sort of 14th and 17th. Yeah. Um they don't really have enough goals. I mean Glenn Murray's got four in his last I think it is in his last four, but he probably won't get another four all season um, mm. if previous form and ability is to go by. Um, so I don't think they've got enough goals in them. Uh, they're, they're quite good at the back, which is I think what I think will keep them up. Matt Ryan, you all know well, is quite a decent keeper. He's a little bit small, but he's a decent keeper. They're two centre-backs, yeah. and there's a lot of people that rate Shane Duffy, who's Irish, who I'm not his biggest fan, but he is colossal in the air. And their other centre-back, Lewis Dunk, who um, a lot of people call calling for an outside bid to get into the England team, or England squad, sorry. Yeah, he's a good yeah. defender. So I think, they're, I think they're tight enough at the back to, to stay up. Um, then we're looking uh, at uh, Watford. Uh, again, Marco Silva's been very, very strongly linked with, um, with uh, Everton as well. So it's another one. You'll have to see what happens there. I think he's a very good manager. They've got some very good players, which you wouldn't have said in the past. But, I mean, like, Richarlison looks very good on his day, but I've also seen him be awful a couple of times and, like, out-and-out out awful. Some of the misses I've seen him. Um, when when you're at Watford and you're not going to make too many chances, um, you are you can't afford to, to miss the amount of chances he does. Um, I think they've got a problem with Troy Deeney, and I'm not saying that because he, he bad-mouthed Arsenal or whatever. Yep. Uh, they were doing quite well. They've tried to fit him back into the team. He came on and scored against us. Um, obviously a penalty but since then they've lost every game and he started them all apart from obviously he was suspended in the last one whoever they lost to Mm. um but he's um I don't think he suits the silver system but he's a club captain the fans love him he's not one of their own he's from Birmingham but he has got that image of sort of one of our own he he came up with them from the championship I think he was their top scorer in the championship so the fans have obviously taken him and in previous years I would have said he's their best player but in this uh, silver system, the Marco Silver system, I don't think he really fits, and I think he's getting in the team more on on how much he's liked and how much he gives to the club, and he wears his, his uh, heart on his sleeve and whatnot. But I think he's causing them more problems than he's uh, than he's solving. So it all depends on the manager with them. I think, again, they'll be mid-table. They'll come probably between 9th and maybe 8th and 12th, 8th and 13th, I think. I think they're solid enough for that. But, yeah, as I said, it it all can change with... um. With uh, the manager, yep. so we'll have to see see on so that one. Yes, yeah. Um, okay. uh, just
0: uh, any news on Everton? Are they are they close to getting a manager over there, or what's what's just?
2: Uh, so, I is? mean, we've not heard nothing. Uh, as I just touched on, Marco Silva's odds have dramatically fallen. Um, but bookmakers like to do that to play with people, um, yep. so they'll see. Obviously, in theory, the odds fall when people might think, "Oh, it's definitely going to get it. I'll get some money on quickly," and it doesn't mean a thing. It just means the bookmakers know what they're doing. Yep. Um, so there, there's actually been nothing. Uh, there's, been okay. a lot, uh, there's been a few rumours about them going down the caretaker route and a lot of people criticising it because they think they're too big a club for that or they're in too bad a position for that maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's, been, there's actually been nothing concrete. But to me, that suggests they're trying to get Daesh. Big Sam. Um, because they're going about it quietly and trying to negotiate with, well, maybe not Daesh, but a manager that's in a job already. Big Sam rumours nice have gone himself. he
0: he come out and said he didn't wasn't linked to Evident or something, wasn't it? Who, sorry? Uh
2: Sam. Um so again, uh, it would have happened quicker. So I don't know what he said and he would lie anyway. I've seen interviews with him before where he's he's always <laughs> said I never say anything till it's done. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, I think it would have been done by now because there's no negotiations. I mean, obviously wages, but yeah. uh, obviously when they're talking, if they're talking to Dice or Marco Silva, they've they've got to um, they've got to negotiate with the clubs first and then and then go to the manager. Yeah, Whereas okay. with Allardyce, you just ring him and say, "This is how much money we are offering. You want it?" Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's obviously a bit more difficult than that, but it is a very simple process. And, yeah, and I think it hasn't it's been happened. done by now by Aladice. Yeah, and okay. it also does leave as Allardyce, is an easy last choice. So if they fail with Dice and they fail with Silver, and if they fail with whatever other targets they've got, Alan Dice is your pullback option where you can get him in on very short notice because he's got no other commitments.
0: Yeah, okay. rather. Okay, Carl. Huddersfield, yep. Newcastle United, Leicester City, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Starting off um, with Huddersfield, coming in January, or and where do you see him?
3: And if one. you if you take the first 11 games as a stratified uh, stratified sample for the rest of the, the rest of the season you'd say that uh Huddersfield have overachieved mm. but um i think in the long run they will drop off uh Aaron Moy uh, the Australian uh, champion. he he is very good um of <laughs> Yeah, he he's a, he's a great player for them. Uh, I think that uh, Porto Belgian striker they bought in—I forgot—I forgot his name. Um, he's been okay, but he kind of reminds me of Glenn Murray. I think he'll drop off, just like Tony said. Uh, Murray. Oh, up. that that Laurent bloke, Laurent. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his Le name? Depoitre or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think they'll drop off. Uh, but they have done well so far against top teams, i.e., um, uh, Man Man United. Um. But again I think that might have been the shock factor. Yeah. Um not their not their form itself. But um Newcastle, I think I think they've done well so far. Um I mean they have got Rafa Benitez and he's a fantastic manager. Um he he's he's done it all before with the big teams and he showed you can do it with the mid mid ranging teams as well. Um but the thing is I think they're lacking a, a fantastic striker only I, I, I know like Shearer can't really be touched in terms of Newcastle United striker folklore, but yeah. I think they need to get a great striker. Um, the like the likes of Gale, the likes of Josselu, they might be all well and good, but they're they're kind of championship quality in my opinion. They need to get a top top striker. They haven't been doing well in terms of transfers for the past few years. Actually, it's been one of their big problems. Mm. Um, but at the moment, they're they're doing okay. I mean, they they're coasting mid table uh same same with Leicester who are going on to now and i think this is where they're supposed to be obviously we all know that their their championship win uh winning the premier league was uh was all a fluke but mm. yeah this is where they're supposed to be in in and at the end of the season i think that's this is where they're going to uh this is where they're going to stay vardy's going to get a fair few goals but he's i think he's going to be the only pro- provider Okazaki oh, can come in with a couple more, but yeah, as long as they keep on keep a, keep a hold of Vardy and he he stays fit, I think yeah they they'll stay there. But otherwise, without Vardy, they'll go. They they might even drop down to like sixteenth, seventeenth. I think it'll be interesting for um,
0: Mares whether he because he wants out. He, 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 there were plenty of rumours going around last uh, summer, so it'll be interesting to so see if he pushes for a transfer request
3: in January. I still don't think any of the big teams are interested, though. Mm. I don't don't think so. I mean, he's got four assists this season, but compared to the players that these big teams have already got, like, for example, I know Liverpool weren't linked, but if they they were to be linked, they've got the likes of Coutinho, Mane, Salah, um, Arsenal, we still as of the as of time of recording sanchez and um chelsea have got william pedro and all that so i don't know i don't think any big team will come in for him so he's probably going to stay where he is by the end of the season i think or move abroad
0: yeah i was reading an article a couple of weeks ago that um i think it was from somebody out of leicester said that barcelona did make an approach for him for him in last summer and First thing I thought is, he'd have to be spewing, wouldn't
3: he? I, I don't know what truth was in yeah. it, but yeah, I thought this well, yeah. is that that kind of I don't know that that's kind of like a comparison to Lingard's position at Man United, he'd just be a squad player, he'd just be there for depth, yeah, because you've got so many so many top players ahead of him. Let's say Messi, he's oh. never going to be dropped from things, Dem, Dembele, yes, yeah. Dembele a great player, he's, I, he's arguably better than uh Mares, Mares better, mm. and uh, yeah. It be he'd end up like Dale Alli, who is now uh, um, at Barcelona. Just to know one, yeah. Um, you touched on
0: Aaron Moyes quickly, and just back to Huddersfield. He actually he actually started in the Socceroos, which was good to see. So, well done, Big Ange, because you are uh, seeing that the man, the, the boy has talent. So that was good. Okay, um, Schwin, Southampton, Stoke City, and Everton. Uh third eighth, fourth eighth, and fifth eighth on the table.
4: Yeah, surprising and is not it? You would mm. expect these teams to, you know, be like three spots above and some of the teams up there to be three spots below. But uh just a sign of changing times, I guess. Just quickly before I touch upon these teams, uh something that came up during your your conversation with Carl uh about Mares is that I really think we'll be in for him come summer. Um, I think ever since Claude Puel came in, um, that team has sort of taken a new identity. They're playing a different system. They're holding possession more. We've seen Mahrez in a central role with Gray on one side and and switching from the left to the right. Uh, So I I think you could almost make a case that Puel told Mahrez that, here, we we know that you don't want to be here, and we know that you think you're meant for better things. Take Take these next few months and audition. Take this central role, be more involved, show your quality, and tell the world what you're capable of. We know there's a lot of contracts running out by the end of this, this season. And uh, I think Mahrez will be, uh, will be a bag for how much you know he's going to cost. Uh, I, I, I'm very surprised Tottenham didn't go in for him uh, this summer. Uh, I think that he would have fit really well into that squad. I don't think he would have mind, minded being benched also in order to compete for his spot. Because it it seems like the competition at Tottenham is very organic, Uh, so just something to keep an eye out on, and I think uh, that's something that we will also be keeping an eye out on uh, closely. And of course, Wenger has really good relations with Puel uh, from his time at Monaco.
0: Yeah, just just,
4: yeah, I was just looking for that article that I saw
0: during the week. It was actually um, uh, there was another one floating around as well that uh, Roma actually made quite a few attempts to get Mares and the the Roma managers coming out and said basically it was very frustrating in the transfer saga to try and get Mares over to Roma because Leicester just kept knocking it on the head. So it was actually Roma and Barcelona, I think.
2: Just to interrupt on that, Roma made free offers with about 25 to 30% of the valuation knocked off, so it was never going to be accepted. Uh, Monchi did try to sign him, but... um, if you, if you say someone's worth 40 million and that's the price Leicester set from day one, and someone offers 25, 26, and 27, mm. you're not going to sell. They weren't no. in a desperate situation to sell. They said all along, we'll sell him for 40 million. Mm. No one offers that. They weren't desperate, and it's, it's what's proved. Uh, just to quickly go on the point Shrim um, made about, um, about well playing him centrally, um, since uh, Shakespeare's gone, he's got three assists and a goal in three games. So it shows that the ability is still there, but you know, mm. I'll back out.
4: Is yeah, it, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Tony makes a good point. I think Mares right. is motivated to sort of show his prowess because, uh, I mean, what happened on deadline day? With you know, some pictures also making it up on the internet, how he's mm-hmm. you know wearing a suit and just sort of on the phone being. And reports surfacing that he's in Milan now. So he's in Rome now. Then another report surfacing that he's in Barcelona now. I mean, such an embarrassing feat for arguably one of the best players in terms of an individual season we saw. So I think he now realizes that he has a point to make and he can't really just, you know, relax and have that one season be his uh, his USP.
0: Wasn't there a few rumors going around, and, and just tracking back to last summer, the Mahrez was a little bit like drink water on deadline day, running around trying to get a deal done? Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying.
4: Yeah. That and that's embarrassing that's because serious, you would it? think that a player. Yeah, I mean, a player of his quality. I mean, I understand why Roma were trying to, you know, save some money because we have to realize that English clubs make a lot more money from TV deals. So when they are, they they do like to sell players within the league, even though it it, it means direct competition. But you have more purchasing power then,
0: mm-hmm. so
4: you can use those funds, you know, and reallocate them as you would. But uh, and let's face it, Leicester are not thinking of challenging at the top, so they don't really care about strengthening a top six side even more. You know, mm-hmm. they they are in this circle of th- this part of the table, so that's where the direct competition is. So that's why I think they were not desperate to offload uh, Mares, uh, yeah. and they, yeah, and they would have uh, they kept him. I, but but, I, and s- I think he's going to move on.
0: I can I, I agree. I think he's one that'll go in January. I think I think he's desperate to get out of the place. If you're running around on transfer day. Like, like drink water sitting out front of um, Stanford Bridge. You'll run around on transfer day looking to get out of a club.
4: You'll want to get out in January, surely. Well, I would argue against that, actually. I think he's found some good form, and I think he's going to use this season to sort of make up for lost time, if you will, and some lost motivation. Uh, and as Tony said, that he's on a good run, albeit just a game or two. But I think he's really going to now start focusing and sort of building up his game and adding a new dimension to it. And I can see him slotting in into our team uh, in that Uzzle role. Because uh, Uzzle Sanchez are both gone, I feel. Uh, so, and I mean, this changes on a weekly basis, yeah. know, like oh, what exactly, you feel yeah. about who. But, so, um, but I think he would be a good fit.
0: Shakespeare's gone, unless they haven't. Have they, they bought in anybody since? Or I haven't really taken much notice.
4: Have they bought in the new manager yet? Yeah, they brought in Claude Puel, uh, who was managing at Southampton. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and he changed the system up a little bit. And Damari Gray is is flourishing in that system, uh, albeit, as I said, it's just been a couple of games. But yeah, coming back onto these mm-hmm. three okay. teams: Southampton, Stoke, and Everton. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, take your pick. You know, uh, there's early in the season, all three teams have some issues they're dealing with. One for one more severe than the other. Uh, I fear for Everton, um, they're, you know, one of the clubs that has traditionally been in the Premier League and they ought to remain uh, in the Premier League uh, based on their, you know, their status and this and that. Uh, They should be wary of where they're headed from here, because with the amount of money coming into the Premier League, you do not want to miss out on that, irrespective of who you're owned by. So uh, some of these clubs and you could put Stoke in that bracket as well. Uh, they have to make sure that come the end of season they are nowhere in you know in this half of the table. They they should be uh, between that uh, elusive seventh and twelfth position. So uh, I, I think they'll be fine, but uh, they better pull up their socks before it's too late.
0: Mm-hmm. And Southampton, Stoke, you mid table, you think, and around them. For them, they should pick up a little bit. Stokes. Yeah. I mean, I think on. yeah.
4: Bro- Brighton, Huddersfield uh, are going to drop points as uh, mm. uh, you guys talked about. So we can see them two switching positions switching with these up. two by the end yeah. of the season, I think. Okay, savvy West Brom,
0: Bournemouth, yeah. and West Ham.
1: Yeah, West Brom, I think uh, they are a little bit struggling because uh, Tony Biolis is known for his uh, defensive style and keeping some clean sheets. And right now, even though I think uh, uh, Tony Pulis has made a very good team according to what he needs and what he buys. But I think they are struggling a little bit defensively. They are not keeping clean sheets. And uh, then they are obviously they are not a, a great goal-scoring team. But I think they have got good players. And with Tony Pulis there, I think they will stay up. Then we have got Bournemouth. Uh, they are another team that's struggling. Uh, they are struggling to score goals, struggling to keep some clean sheets. I think they have a good manager. and uh, But I really fear for them. I think uh, because other teams are overachieving and they are underachieving. Actually, people had high expectations from Bournemouth this season. So I fear for them. I think if they don't uh, go on a run, they could be around relegation. Mm. And then West Ham, they've sacked Bilic. Now, uh, I think Moise is uh, coming. They'll go for, yeah, and Moise has come in. Uh, so, I think they'll stay up now because I think Moise has got Premier League experience. Uh, and they have a good team. Mm. You, uh, They have a very good team to go down. So, I think uh, uh, Moise will shake things up there and they will stay up. And they've got some very good players if you look at uh, Andy Carroll. Uh, Andy Carroll, if you want to go direct, then Ciccarito, uh Lenzini. Many good players are there who can uh, who can score some goals. And they have got a good defense with uh, Jose Font, Zambaleta, Cresswell. So I think they've got a, a very good team. They won't go down. I think they'll climb up and they'll finish mid-table. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, I'll have a quick look at
0: Swansea and Crystal Palace. I'll be relegated. Right. let's move on. Um <laughs> no, I just can't see Palace moving off the bottom of the table in Swansea City. I, yeah, I can't see them moving over, sorry. share. Um, yeah, um, so there's not much really to go. Okay, so we're sponsored by uh, Football Culture. So you can uh, find their jerseys at football-culture.com. You can follow them on football... At Football, C-L-T-R-E. I think I've got that right. Um, And you follow us at the Clock and Talk as well. Okay, so we're just going to... We're running a competition to give a free jersey with Football Culture who have kindly donated it to us. All we ask you to do is download At Voice app. So you just search Voice in the store. Record 15 seconds of your favourite Arsenal moment. Hashtag C E T. The other hashtag I noticed is Lacazette giveaway. So we'll get it. And look, it'll run for a couple of weeks. We'll we'll play it on the podcast, like I'm just about to do now. And at the after a couple of weeks, we'll pick a random winner, and the boys at Football Culture will send you out a free jersey. Okay, so all you have to do is uh, do what Lazy Boy's done.
1: Arsenal uh, has to be beating Barcelona in their Champions League because it was the beginning of Jack Wilshere.
0: Thanks, Lazy Boy. And uh, that one will go into the draw. And we got one from Darius.
3: My greatest arsenal is when we won the league at White Hart Lane in 2004. The greatest part is the irony of Spurs celebrating their lead- late equaliser for us only to be celebrating win the league moments later. Selling the prem is one thing, but winning it in your neighbour's backyard for a second time is another.
0: So all you have to do... That's hard to disagree, isn't it, voice? Yeah. So all you have to do is download the VoiceByte app, give us a 15-second recording, and uh, we'll play a couple on here, like we're doing now. We've got one from MAA. My favourite last moment has to be winning the Adler Cup in 2014 because we hadn't won a trophy in over nine years. And lucky last one from Glenn.
4: My favourite Arsenal moment.
3: There's definitely t- a lot to choose from, but my all time favourite moment was when um, Will Todd scored the winning goal at Old Trafford
0: to seal the title there. Nothing better to win it over the. Okay, so thanks for your entries, guys. And uh, look, like I said, we'll run it for a couple of weeks, and it's courtesy of football culture who have kindly donated a um, Lacazette jersey. Like I said at the start of the podcast, you can. Um, Use our 10% off code football. What is it? Football culture sale, um, and that'll get you 10% off install. Uh, find them at football c l t r e, and then it'll take you. You can go to the website or football culture, and you'll find the website. Um, follow us at clock and talk. You'll also find the website. So get into it, and you'll get a free jersey um, when we look back in a couple of weeks and pick out a winner. Prize pod during the week with a preview of the Spurs and we'll also go over our greatest Arsenal moments. Thank you for listening. See you.